0: A star To a place unexpected Would you believe After all we've projected A child in a manger Lowly and small The weakest of all Unlikeliest hero Wrapped in his mother's shawl Just a child Is this who we've waited for? Cause how many kings stepped down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? And how many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that has torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons Gifts to the newborn Savior, all that we have, whether costly or meek, because we believe. Gold for his honor and frankincense for his pleasure and myrrh for the cross, he'll suffer. Do you believe? Is this who we've waited for?
1: So I want to start, now that we've gotten this far into our worship service, I just want to start by examining how far we already are into the worship service. We opened in prayer this morning, right? That was, again, the the reminder that we're the undoing of our week, right? The moment where we're settling ourselves here in the house of God, in the presence of God. Again, you might call it an invocation, right? That word kind of scares me. However. The word invocation is that we're inviting God to be in this place. That we're, you know, again, he was here before we got here, thank God. But we're inviting him. We're coming to grips with the reality that God is here. That's why we open in prayer. God is here, and we open and we say, "Let me remove myself from all the things I thought about on my way here, all the things I thought were necessary as I came into the house of God, and let me begin to be imparted with wisdom from God." That's that's how we begin our worship service. Again, we've been talking about w- praise and worship for a couple weeks now. And my goal was to get us to examine this time, to truly examine our praise and our worship in our lives as well as our corporate praise and worship. This hour and a half that we have marked out that we call a worship service to come into the house of God to better be equipped for the mission out there and prayerfully blessed while we're in here. So we've opened in prayer. We sang the praise chorus. Again, that's also if the prayer didn't work, you know, you didn't undo yourself. The praise chorus is this is my time to just stand in awe of God. You know, that's why we, they do the whole hands up in worship, is this is my time to truly stand in, in submission to him. And, and that's the goal of that song, right? To remind you that that's why you're here. You're here to stand in awe of him. You're here to hear a word from God. You're not here to get what you think is important for your week, to fulfill a religious obligation. You know, that's not what we're doing here. I think we all agree there, right? Amen. Okay, good. Amen. Amen. So then we we go through a responsive reading, again, allowing the word of God or at least a... Something coming from our our reading this morning came from Isaiah chapter 9. Something coming from the word of God and allowing that to stimulate our thoughts. Get us back into the direction of the word of God. Because again, as we talked about this morning, the human mind is always ready to revise the truth, to change the truth for us. So what we need is we need the word of God to get us back on track. So we come in here, we do a responsive reading. Then we might give again to support the, the local church, to support the work of our church. Then we do corporate praise and prayer. We lift up praises and prayers as we're told to through scripture. None of the things that we do here on a Sunday morning are just something we've added to the process to what we want your Sunday morning to look like. These are all done very intentionally. You see, before I know before I come into this place, I pray that each and everything that we go through in this bulletin would be a blessing or would impart some sort of wisdom, allow us to get to know God a bit better. That should be the goal when we come in here on a Sunday morning. Again, most of us have been with God for years, right? Maybe decades. But we... We still need to press in. We still need to have more. There's more for us. I pray that if I could ever convince us of one thing, I pray that I'm always convincing us that there's so much more to have. There's so much more to reach for. There's so much more to praise God for. I'm actually going to invite you into an exercise this morning. So this isn't going to be an idle, let's listen to Pastor Mike. I'm actually going to invite you into an exercise where we're going to adore God this morning. I want us to adore God. Again, we sing about that, right? This time of year I begin to look at Christmas decorations and you know oh come let us adore him is my mantra right that's my mantra in my head as I woke up this morning and I knew I was going to come into this place to see you all I said oh let us come to adore him that's our goal as we come in here this morning so before I get into how I'm going to invite us into that exercise so we we go through this worship service we do all the undoing right we pray we praise we offer up praise and prayer and then Meredith came up blessed us in song hopefully has you thinking about now what kind of a king does step down from his throne? Not many. No earthly king does that, right? They don't step down from their throne to, impart, to bless their people. They pretty much, the, the kings, you know, what we would understand in a natural way of a sovereign is, I'm up here seated. You must, if you want a blessing, come on. Climb the steps, come up here, and receive your gift. However, we know that we worship a God that said, they can't come up. They won't come up, unfortunately. I'm going to go down there to get them. I think that's that's an amazing truth to think about. How a king would step down, and what I want to do is read the verse that we highlighted this morning in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter nine. And again, we're talking about our king there—a king that stepped down and came into this world as a son. That's what we celebrate this time of year. We begin to see all the beautiful decorations, and as we're talking about praise and worship, I wanted to invite us to to make sure that this Christmas season, you know, we, we've talked about Jesus being the reason through all the seasons. But I want to invite us to allow this to become this Christmas season, to truly become even more authentic, even more praiseworthy, even more of a worship in regards to our God, to truly allow us to understand all that this son being given to us, this king stepping down, what does all of that truly mean? How does it affect our praise, our pointing to him? How does it affect our worship, our standing in awe of him? Are we allowing it to do that? Are we maximizing the opportunity to look into the word of God and truly understand what Christ has given us? That's the goal when we gather here on a Sunday morning. That should be our goal. So, turning with me to Isaiah chapter 9, just want to read that passage to us. Again, there's a beautiful promise here in regards to the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 9, I'm going to read from verse 6 to verse 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Well, I I can't imagine uh, any culture on the face of this planet that does not like to hear that there is a kingdom that will bring peace, a kingdom that will bring righteousness, that exists outside of this natural world. That, that has to be good news for everybody. That wasn't just good news for the first century. Again, we, we're not fools here, right? We're, we're in America. We know the, all the political stuff is going on. This is a hope for us. We have this, that there is a kingdom that is led by righteousness. There is a kingdom that is focused on peace, and that kingdom is given to us through Jesus Christ, a kingdom not of this world. Again, a reality we should all know. So I imagine most of you do know. Right? I imagine most of you came here today and you said, I the Christmas thing, we've done that, the son's going to be given to us, son was born of a woman, we know that, right? Now what I want to do is, this is the, there's a thing called the acts form of prayer, right? It begins with adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Those would be your your four acts, right? Your, Your way of praying. I adore God, I confess to him, I thank him, and then I offer my supplications to him. Again, a very worthy way of praying it's a good outline with the our father the way that the lord taught us to pray and i want to invite us into that this morning i'm sort of beginning i'm beginning our message with the end in mind because on the first of the month what we do is we gather here we go through the message and then we participate in the lord's table one of the things we do in the lord's table is we examine ourselves right and I, i imagine each and every one of us examine ourselves in a little bit different of a way some of us might be a bit more critical Some of us might be glad that God has gotten us this far, right? We have so many different areas that we would, uh, you know, we would challenge ourselves or examine ourselves. So this morning, I want to lead you into an area of of examining yourself. How do you adore God? Is your adoration where it should be? Let's start off our prayer this morning. Are you really adoring God? Do we even know what that means, to adore God? Again, I say adoration. That's the beginning of your prayer. If you can't get past adoration... How do you even get to confession, thanksgiving, and supplication? That, you know We have to at least start there. So in my hope that you'll pray faithfully this week, that maybe you'll use that Acts prayer, is I'm going to lead you in it this morning. We're going to start with adoration. So what I want you to do in your bulletin is I actually want you to write, and I trust everybody here knows their alphabet, right? A to Z. So I'm going to ask if you could begin. I know a couple of you probably don't. Um, but uh, So um, what I'm going to ask you to do is write the alphabet on the back of your bulletin and as you're doing that what i want you to start to think about is what are words that you would use to adore god that would correspond to those letters begin to think about some of the words that and i'm going to define adoration for you that way we'll, we'll get a better understanding of that but i want you to begin doing that as we move into the message of this morning and yes, I will go around the room and I will ask certain letters and I will ask you to lift up what you put down for that letter, just giving you a heads up as we move into the message. So what you want to be doing is making sure you are writing down those letters and those, um, those things to confess because if I call on you, that way it will be written down. You don't have to think of the word on the spot. You see, I'm helping you out this morning. But I want to make sure we're all adoring God this morning. We're all going to move into that. So Now let's define adoration. Interestingly enough, A word that we always use as Christians. We talk about adore. We always say it. I hear Christians say it constantly. I don't think I would know the word if I hadn't heard a Christian say it. That's pretty much where I've learned adoration and to adore. Yet, it's not in the Bible. Look up the word adore in the Bible, and it gets frustrating. I said, wait a minute. Well, again, your Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek, so let's be clear here. However, if you were to go to a concordance, and usually the the best, the most uh, equivalent to the Hebrew and the Greek would be the King James Version. We use NASB here. The word adore is not in your NASB Bible. It's not there. The word adore is not in the King James Bible. It's not there. That English word is not used in any of those Bibles. Actually, the word adore is found twice in the New Living Testament in verses that I imagine nobody would ever read. 1 Chronicles 29.11 and Song of Songs, verse chapter 1, verse 4. Most people don't even know those books are in the Bible. So... Then another time, it's used once in the NIV. It's used three times in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, two times in the New English Translation, and that's it. That was it. So in our Bible, the word that is used, or in the King James Bible, to be more specific, is the word extol. That's the word that would be used to correspond to adore, to extol. As I looked into the word extol, it's to see something high and lifted up. Right? We sing that in our praise, that he is high and lifted up. So, now, what does that mean? How do we translate that into our reality? He's high and lifted up. Reverence. How are you revering him? How are you looking at him for who he is? When you look at God, what do you see? Is he seated as he should be in your life, in your mind, in your reality? Is he high and lifted up? If he's high and lifted up, what are some of the things when you begin to go through the alphabet? You say, he is amazing. Why? You see, that's a way of adoring God. He is beautiful. Why? He is captivating. Why? D. Let's see. I'm, I'm going. I'm on the spot here. I didn't write my alphabet before I got here. So uh, he is delightful. Right? He is exciting. He is freeing. He gives us freedom. You shall know the truth and you shall be set free. He is glorious. He is high and holy. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to invite you to now. I'm not going to keep going because I'm giving people ideas. But what I want you to do is start to write them down. And, and again, I am going to kind of just call out and ask somebody, you know, I'll give you a letter. Give me a letter in in a little while. I'm going to ask you to do that. So begin going through that alphabet and just thinking, challenge yourself this morning. What are the ways that I would adore God? Now what I want to do is I want to take us to a couple psalms because I believe that sometimes the best adoration comes when we begin to hear the word of God and we think about the things that God has done. So I'm going to share with you the book of Psalms this morning. And I want you to just continue. Write down those things. Begin to think. This is your moment to adore God this morning. Begin to think about the things that you truly adore him for as I read through the book of wisdom, the book of Psalms. And real quickly, I want to remind you about the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is a book that David, going through all the battles in his life, sometimes being chased you know, by other armies, he sits there and he writes these words in the book of Psalms about a God that is so far above this earthly reality that when my earthly reality looks dirty and disgusting, God is still glorious, sovereign, in control, and mighty and holy. When my earthly reality looks devastating, God still has me in a place of safety. You see, these are the realities that we're invited into when we look at the book of Psalms. And if I may just share with you a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He actually had written a book on the Psalms. that He said that the Psalms should be the prayer book of the church. And this is what he said. And you're going to see this is going to relate to some of the things you might be praying about or some of the things you might be adoring God in regards to. He says, It does not depend, therefore, on whether the Psalms express adequately that which we feel at a given moment in our heart. If we are to pray aright, perhaps it is quite necessary that we pray contrary to our own heart. Not what we want to pray is important, but what God wants us to pray. If we were dependent entirely on ourselves we would probably only pray the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. But God wants otherwise. The richness of the word of God ought to determine our prayer, not the poverty of our heart. Amen? So I want to read with you this morning some of those psalms and to see how the things that we should be setting our eyes on when we're setting our eyes on adoring God, putting our, setting our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith first psalm I'm going to share with you this morning is Psalm chapter 30. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol, You have kept me alive that I would not go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, you his godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Now as for me, I said, in my prosperity, I will never be moved. O Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain to stand strong. You hid your face I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood, that if I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it declare your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness, that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Psalm chapter 66. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give feigned obedience to you. All the earth will worship you, and they will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God, who is awesome in his deeds toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There, let us rejoice in him. He rules by his might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Bless our God, O people, and sound his praise abroad, who keeps us in life and does not allow our feet to slip. For you have tried us, O God. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid an oppressive burden upon our loins. You made men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. I shall come into your house with burnt offerings. I shall pay you my vows, which my lips uttered and my mouth spoke when I was in distress. I shall offer to you burnt offerings of fat beasts. With the smoke of rams, I shall make an offering of bulls with male goats. Come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell of what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard. He has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. Psalm chapter 68. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, and let those who hate him flee from before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish before God. But let the righteous be glad, let them exult before God. Let them sing, rejoice with gladness. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song for him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord and exult before him a father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. Only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. O God, when you went forth before your people, you marched through the wilderness. The earth quaked, the heavens opened, rain at your presence. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You shed abroad a plentiful rain, O God. You confirmed your inheritance when it was parched. Your creatures settled in it. You provided in your goodness for the poor, O God. The Lord gives the command. The woman who proclaimed the good tidings are a great host. King of armies flee. They flee, and she who remains at home will divide the spoil. When you lie down among the sheepfolds, you are like the wings of a dove covered with silver and its pinions with glistening gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings there, it was snowing in Zalman. A mountain of God is the mountain of Bashan. A mountain of many peaks is the mountain of Bashan. Why do you look with envy, O mountains, with many peaks, at the mountains which God has desired for his abode? Surely the Lord will dwell there forever. The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them, as at Sinai in holiness. You have ascended on high. You have led captives your captive. You have received gifts among men, even among the rebellious also. There the Lord God may dwell. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens, the God who is our salvation. God is to us a God of deliverances, and to God the Lord belongs escape from death. Surely God will shatter the head of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who goes on in his guilty deeds. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea that your foot may shatter them in the blood, and the tongues of your dogs may have its portion from your enemies. They have seen your procession, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers went on, the musicians after them, in the midst of the maidens beating tambourines. Bless God in the congregation, even the Lord, you who are the fountain of Israel. And I'm going to end us there. Again, some very powerful words. I hope that our prayers will become prayers like David's. That we would become a people that are marked by such a passion when we pray to God. That we would truly see that same passion, those strong words used in our prayer life. Maybe not the same words, maybe not the same pictures. I hardly imagine many of you know what the mountains of Bashan are. However, you have your own realities. We have things that we're praying for. Are we praying with passion? Are you praying in spirit and in truth? Again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. That Just like our worship, our prayer life should be in spirit and in truth. Again, spirited, passionate, and done in truth. Done in regards to that relationship we have. Because he is the truth. So, meaning, are are we being passionate? Are we bringing our prayers and our praises to the right place? Are they going to the truth? Or are they summed up in falsehood? Are they just what we have conjured up in our mind? of what we should be praising God for and praying about? Are they being done in truth? That's what we want to challenge ourselves with. I was excited that Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that whenever the book of Psalms is abandoned, an incomparable treasure vanishes from the Christian church. With its recovery will come unsuspected power. So I want to challenge you this morning that as we wrote down our adoration, which again right there should come in unsuspected power, the fact that the saints are seated in church as a community, not one man, not me sitting up here telling you why you should adore God. Each and every one of you should be in your pew this morning Finding ways you're adoring God. So we're doing this as a community. You see God looking down. Picture that. Picture God high and lifted up. Looking down upon his people. And it's not one man, not the pastor, telling the adoration of God. It's the whole community of believers lifting up their adoration. There's an amazing thing there. That's the unsuspected power. That when we begin to look as a community and look at the world through the psalms, again, look at our prayer life through the psalms as a community, we begin to see that unsuspected power. There's power in prayer. Amen? So now I want to ask, we, we stopped at I, right? So, um, what do you have for I? What are some of the ways that we're praising God, in regard, adoring Him in regards to the letter I? Inseparable. Inseparable. And I, I know you all know the alphabet, right? Let's keep them going. J? Jesus. Jesus, amen, amen. Yes. What's that? Yes, justice. Justice, amen. K? Okay. I had to say the alphabet in my head here. Jubilant. King, jubilant, amen. Kind. How about L? Where are we at with L? Loving, loving. loving. Amen. Long suffering. Loyal. Loyal. Amen. Lamb. Life. 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 Amen. Life. M. Life. Amen. 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 You hear that? Come on, this is great.
0: Merciful.
1: Merciful. Amen. Merciful. Amen. Amen. Mighty. Majestic. Amen. N. Near. 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 Amen. Newness. Amen. Never-ending. Amen. Nurture. Nurturing. Amen. O. One. One. Amen. Amen. He is one. All right. Omniscient. Amen. Omnipresent. Right? Omnipotent. There it was. I was looking for that other one. I knew there's those three. Right? Amen. Amen. Uh, P. Peaceful. Amen. Praiseworthy. Amen. Prosperous In the pulpit. Amen. Thank God God is here. Amen. Good deal. Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Q.
0: Quiver of Blessings.
1: Quiver of Blessings. Good deal. Amen. Amen. Quiet. Quick. Amen. Amen. A God that is on time. Go figure. Look at that. Amen. All right. Uh, Q. R. Righteous. Rescuer, amen. Rescuer. Sorry? Resurrection. Resurrection, amen. Amen. Rose of Sorry? Rose of Sharon, Rose of Sharon amen. Yes. Amen. All right, T. Trustworthy. Truthful. Amen. Triumphant, amen. Yes. Triumphant. amen. Yes. What's that? Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> amen. Yes. amen. Yes. Sorry, Meredith? S. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, See, I, did, I told you somebody didn't know it. Sovereign, <laughs> Sovereign amen. Salvation. You. Universal. Universal understanding. 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 Is that? Unfailing, Unfailing amen. Understanding, understanding. ultimate. Yeah. Amen. V. <coughs> Victory, amen. <laughs> Vicki, amen <laughs> God is alive in Vicki though Amen Amen W Wonderful, amen Worthy, amen Work Word, amen He is the word, amen Worker God's a worker Worker of miracles, is he not? Wisdom, Amen. Somebody's reading Proverbs. All right, X. There you go. That's a tricky one. Amen. Good deal. Extravagant. Hey, that works. Good deal. Amen. Right. Extreme. This church doesn't know how to spell. What is wrong with these people? Why? Yada, yada, yada. Amen. Amen. Yahweh. Yahweh, <laughs> Yahweh my way. Right. Yahweh, my way, his way. Amen. All right. Uh, Z. Zealous. He is zealous. That was a part of our reading this morning. He was zealous. to, to the, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. He is a zealous God to fulfill his word. Amen. Amen. Thank you for participating with me. Amen. 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 Well, I'll tell you what. I, I do believe that uh, that is a sufficient examination for our morning. I believe that we, we have a heart, our heart is in the right place this morning. So with that said, I want to move into our Lord's table as we, we begin to continue to do that examination this morning. Now, remember, we adored God. Now what I want you to do is I want you to begin to think about that confession. What, what confession do we need to bring before our God this morning? Again, the ultimate confession he wants, you to, he wants to hear from you is I adore you. That is the ultimate confession we need to say this morning. But what I want us to do is begin to think about the things in our lives, the areas where our confession isn't exactly consistent with the areas of our life. Where, where are we adoring him? And then maybe where are we not? The, the details aren't lining up with our adoration. You know, if he is magnificent, where are the areas of my life that I don't see him as magnificent? If he is holy, where are the areas in my life that I'm not living as a manifestation of his holiness? Where are the areas that I'm not, again, if I believe he is amazing, where are the areas that I'm not trusting is him in his amazingness or his faithfulness or his sovereignty? Where are the areas that we're falling short? Again, that's what we want to examine that, because, again, we always fall short. He's always full. You see, that the Lord is always full of his praises. He's always holy. He's always set apart. But there's a time for us to begin to examine ourselves and say, well, the reason why I partake of Christ is because he is complete. I'll never be complete. So as we move into the Lord's table, let's focus on that confession this morning. Where are the areas that we we need to challenge ourselves to live in line with our adoration? Where where does our life need to to see that more? And then prayerfully, as you're thinking of your examination, move into that thanksgiving. Thank him for all that he has done. Again, we're going to praise him for all that he has done in regards to our salvation. But think of all the details. You know, we talked about harvest yesterday at our harvest dinner. At the end of the year, what are the things that you're really thanking God for? You know, I guess in my life, I say, what's in the barn? You know, throughout this whole year, as you're bringing your harvest into the barn, so to speak, you get that image of what Israel would do. What are the things that you're thanking him for? What what has he put in your barn in this season? What has God done throughout this year? Begin, as we move into the Lord's table this morning, offering a confession and Thanksgiving, allowing that to be your examination this morning as we move into such a glorious reality. Amen? I'll invite our elders to come forward, and we'll begin celebrating this morning.